brain Welcome into his frequency Enter at your own risk Come be at peace with me Ask the call Where we rise and don't fall Welcome back to another episode of Baxter's Buzz. I am your host, Baxter E. Hall. Welcome to my brain. Welcome to my frequency. Enter at your own risk. Now, today, this has been a long time coming. Um, she is the founder and CEO of Maximum Communications. She is a DE&I expert with over 400 workshops led, um, which is crazy. Um, she's a, a friend, a part-time mentor of mine, an advisor, whether she knows it or not. Ayana King, welcome to Baxter's Buzz. How are you? Thank you. Thank you. I'm doing really good. Thank you so much for having me here this morning. This is um, a very long time coming, but um, you know, all things in the right timing, I'm sure. You That's know. right. That's right. No. Um, yeah, timing is everything. And so um, what, so we met uh, via LinkedIn a handful of years ago now. And my, we had a great sort of like virtual call before everyone was doing everything virtual before the yeah. pandemic, right? Before the pandemic, and, yeah. And just sort of hit it off. And my first true like experience with you like in person was you leading one of these DNI um workshops and I was like she's a rock star she cares um yeah. it's not just she's not following through some powerpoint she's really invested in sort of just the betterment of society as a whole and so I want to say kudos to you um and you have this sort of begin within approach that I would love for you to sort of uh, dive into a little bit. Yeah. So first of all, I want to say thank you again for having me here on your show. Um, yeah, I, I believe it was probably five or six years ago now that you and I first um, became acquainted via LinkedIn. And again, before people were like calling each other up during the pandemic, you know, people were still in stranger danger, but not us. We were like, we'll get on this call and see what it does. Okay. Right. Um, and so you talked about how our first in-person encounter, and this was after years of us already being connected on LinkedIn, was um, a workshop that I did for the Southern Wayne County Regional Chamber of Commerce um, and really helping people to understand what diversity, equity, and inclusion means. Um, and so what you're not saying, though, that I'm going to say, because I know you're too humble to say it, is that that was the very first workshop I did, okay? So I cringe sometimes when I think about like um, those early days so that you have that impression still after all this time really means something to me. Um, but you will not tell people, I will, is that that workshop really um, was the catalyst for how my business looks today, how it um, functions today, and really all the success started there because you... Um, and your team members at the time through Mastery asked me to do a workshop um, through Mastery Training Services, and um, it just blew up. It really did. Between Mastery and LinkedIn, um, I'm telling you, my business has grown exponentially, and yeah, life is good. Yeah, no, I just, I am just so humble and grateful to be a part of your, your story um, and to be able to, you know, you 
so yes, we said we want you to, to do this for our, our clients and for our prospects. Um, but also you sort of set the blueprint for what I ended up doing was, you know, really coordinating an entire like webinar, you know, webinar series, bringing yeah. in subject matter experts. You were the flagship, you know, uh, yeah. consultant and yeah. presenter. So yeah. thank you for making it so easy to sort of build everything around you. Mm-hmm. Um, and shout out, shout out to uh, Southern Wayne County uh, Chamber. Shout yeah. out to, to Mastery Training Services. And um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's amazing to see where you've gone since then. Yeah, everywhere. I've gone everywhere. <laughs> so um, Maximum Communications is consulting nationwide now. It's really wild to say that. Um, but I want to go back to what you asked me. You asked me about begin within and like sort of what that means. Um, one thing I think people find different about my workshop and webinar series, whether in person or online, um, is that maybe it checks all the boxes, but not in the way that people are used to. So my approach is not professional development, it's personal development. And so um, I really want to help people look at themselves, the decisions they make, um, how they were brought up, why they feel the way they feel. Let's talk about those things. Let's talk about um, your own bias. Let's talk about racism. Let's talk about ageism. Let's talk about all the ageisms or all the isms, I should say, um, but with a you approach instead of they or we. I'm talking about you. Um, And I think that's the big difference because I can't teach (laughs) diversity, equity, and inclusion. I can't teach that, right? You learn from it. Um, and so part of that learning from it is really learning about ourselves. Yeah. You, you know, and you've, you've, the first, I mean, I, so, and after that first one that we, when we actually officially sort of met in person, you know, I was sort of the moderator for you, the, the workshop that you did online. So I've sat in on, on a number of them and, you know, yeah, you've, you've gotten better. You've tightened up some <laughs> things, but, but your um openness and and what I noticed right away was your um you you did your best to make it a safe space for people to sort of speak and talk about things that may be difficult right and very difficult conversations to have like you said you're asking people how they feel specifically and I I mean I don't remember a lot of the webinars but I remember that first one at the chamber and it was a, we had some cringeworthy moments just with some people but it was like yes. okay it's a safe space and you uh have continued to sort of lead with that approach and and make sure that people like you know you hold up a mirror and have people look you know within themselves absolutely absolutely that's because that's where it starts right um yeah cringe for sure <laughs> because i think in those early days too um I was really learning, and I have to tell you that there was immense pressure in being an expert. So one thing I say now that I've been saying for several years is that, um, and this really comes from my heart, is that I'm not an expert in DEI. I'm not, okay? Um, I don't think anybody who's doing this work seriously can be. I am really only an expert at being myself, right? My experience as a black woman in this body, okay? That's what I'm an expert at. 
That's what I'm an expert at. Even I have to do a lot of intentional learning about other communities, other groups, um, history. I'm learning all the time. Um, the difference between me and maybe what some other people would call um, experts is that I understand um, my limitations and I push those limitations. Um, and so because of that, again, um, I don't think there is this height that you reach where you say, finally, I'm an expert. I know it all. Um, I know myself very well, though. Um, yeah. And that allows me to really share in an authentic way with people that I think resonates with them. Um, and they don't always get that in uh, professional development, especially around what we're talking about. That's right. That's right. And I appreciate you saying that. And, I, you know, I remember, um, you know, so. So, yes, you are a black woman. You have a perspective that you can share. But you one of your passions. OK, let's just let's just let's let's just let, let's just. OK, the elephant in the room is there's a number of people that are these DE&I experts or these uh, they have these different roles. Yeah. And a lot of them are black women. Right. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, oh, you you're black. Go ahead and do this. And it's, it's, it's so much more than that. And you yeah. always really. Uh, even before it, it was popular per se, you were already teaching these uh, workshops, leading these workshops, yeah. and with the passion before it became everyone's sort of initiatives on their, you know, annual sort of planning and, and strategic yes. planning, right? So kudos yes. to you for that. Thank but, you. but, um, and you've continued to learn and challenge yourself, and you've always been very mm -hmm. like humble about sort of what you may, may know or may not know. But you, your passion really is around the senior community. Oh, um, yeah. And, yeah. and people wouldn't think that. People would think you're going to come from a certain perspective. And you're like, this is where my heart is. Talk about your experience in the senior community and, and why that uh, group means so much to you. Um, I think for several reasons. Um, first, like a lot of people don't know that before I started my business, I worked in the senior housing industry. Um, I was a corporate communications manager when I left, but before that, I worked in a community as an activities director, okay? I was driving the bus, baby, all right? So I was in it, um, and I really fell in love with that industry. I've always, even as a younger person, even as a kid, like I've always had immense love and respect for older people, um, and I think that my love for um, really compassion for older people, but also compassion for communities of color, right? Um, passion for um, social justice, um, passion for social awareness and change. Those things coupled together, who knew that I was gonna be able to do those two things? So one thing that really bothered me about the senior um, housing industry was how it's not very diverse. You know, on the surface, it looks diverse. And so a lot of people in the industry for a very long time could really say, yes, we are so diverse. Look, we have so many women, right? We have so many people of um, color working in this industry, okay? We're not gonna talk about the resident population because find them, okay? Find them, take a magnifying glass and find them, okay? Um, but I knew that that was an issue for me and I could not talk about all of these discrepancies, all these inequities in the workplace while I was in the workplace. And when I tell you I saw them, I saw them and I experienced them, 
right? So yeah, there's a ton of women who work in the senior living industry, um, but there's not a ton of women in top leadership positions, even though women are usually the caregivers. I'm sure there are a lot of people of color who work in the senior housing industry. Go and find them. Guess where I'm going to tell you most of them are? They are in dietary. They are in housekeeping, okay? They are in these um, hourly low-wage positions. You will not see um, more and more you are seeing, but definitely then you were not seeing a lot of people in color, a lot of people of color um, in these higher positions. And I'm talking about definitely C-suite, go and find them. I, I would love That's to right. see it. Um, but I had a very hard time talking about that while I was in the industry and just, you know, um, when it was time for me to leave, it was time for me to leave. People often ask me if I experienced racism in the workplace. I personally didn't, you know, um, did I experience, I will say I did not experience overt racism. I'll say it in that way, okay? Um, because, all right, I can tell you those stories. But I did not experience overt racism at all. Did I experience microaggressions? All the time. Was there inequity? All the time, you know? Um, and so, when you do not have an environment that really does foster inclusion, um, those inequities persist. And when those inequities are there, people um, sometimes in positions of leadership take advantage of people who are not. Um, and so, you know, I was like, mm, not me, not anymore, not today. And I started my own business where I got to talk specifically about my experience in that industry, uh, what I thought needed to change. Um, how I thought we could, and there's a long way to go, you know, but sure. I do have some really great folks that I'm working with in the senior living industry. So to be able to couple two of the things that I care about most, um, ending ageism and ending racism, creating um, more equitable workplaces, um, helping people really understand what inclusion means and how to get there. Um, I feel really fortunate that I can do that, but yeah. I can only do that because maybe some of those bad experiences, you know, so I'm grateful for all of it. Sure. Let, let, let's talk about the, you know, the, the, the corporate environment in, in general. And we talk about, um, you know, women, people of color and, and these different roles and, and folks would like, like, like to tout certain numbers and statistics but they're a little uh you know they're a little funny in the light when you hold them up because they aren't necessarily the leadership position the, the c-suite positions right they may have you know um covid um really brought to light this whole essential worker yeah sort of aspect and the people that we rely on each and every day, the people that these companies rely on each and every day were at the forefront and they had, they had some similarities. They, you know, more than not, they, yes. they, they didn't make a lot of money, mm -hmm. right? More than likely they were a minority mm -hmm. and, and more susceptible to a number of other things besides the fact that they were, interacted with the public in, in many times in these service oriented right. roles. And it's like, okay, how do we get, um, how, do, how do we get some folks to look like us in these leadership positions so that we can truly be diverse in all aspects of the company, not just sort of at the ground level. Right, right. Um, it takes a lot of work. I don't think people like to hear that it also takes a lot of time, but it does. Um, you know, I'm very leery 
okay, um, about companies who want to move fast and do it fast and right now, let's hire people, let's hire women, let's hire people with disabilities, all this stuff, when they are not understanding the fundamentals themselves because that's how you get diversity without inclusion and people need to understand the difference, right? Um, so you can have companies, organizations, um, you know, communities, all right, that are very diverse but aren't inclusive. It takes a long time um, to reach that place because when you're talking about inclusion, you are talking about purposefully including other people. You're talking about building trust. You're talking about sharing ideas, values, um, good and bad. And that's really difficult to do in an environment where um, people don't trust each other and people are afraid of retaliation or you know, um, being kept down, held down. And that's what happens when you don't understand inclusion. Really the answer to that um, is why I do what I do in the way that I do it is helping people learn personally. If it does not move people personally, um, a lot of times it's just performative. And that's why you have these super diverse um, companies and organizations at time, um, but you'll see super high turnover also. Because yeah, you've got the look right? You got the look, maybe. <laughs> but you don't understand what it takes um, to keep employees, specifically when you're talking about trying to reach a place of diversity and inclusion where there has been none in the past. It takes a long time. It takes a very long time. You're absolutely right. Do, do you still use the, um, the Thanksgiving dinner metaphor when you talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion? You know, I do. It, it, it has it has um, changed over time. If it works, okay. it works. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Talk, okay. talk, us, talk so, us through it. I'll give you the networking analogy, because a lot of times I'm working in professional circles and people can understand this better. So okay. um, I try to help people understand the difference between diversity, equity and inclusion by using this example of the networking party. OK, so if you've ever been to a networking event, all right, all the people there, all the different kinds of people there, that's your diversity, all the different kinds of people. All right. But if we being real, we know sometimes networking events aren't like that either, but that's neither here nor there, all right? <laughs> Let's pretend in a perfect world, all that's right? right? That's right, That diversity is your invite, okay? Like that's everybody at the networking event, all right? Inclusion though, inclusion though is when it comes time for everybody to get in that circle and do their 30 second commercial, their 60 second commercial, everybody share what you did. Inclusion would be you being there too, okay? Versus you still being out in the vestibule, you know, drinking some old coffee and everybody is on the inside, right? Mm -hmm. Equity, though, is also different because now we know the difference between diversity and inclusion, okay? So diversity is I'm here, inclusion is I'm invited, I'm invited in, okay? If you're talking about a dinner table, um, your dinner invite, diversity. Your place setting, inclusion, all right? But equity, equity is fairness. It's balance. It's really practicing impartiality, which is really hard if you do not understand your own bias. So in the networking scenario, equity would be if I'm invited in, if I'm now in the circle and everybody's doing a 60 second commercial, equity would, inequity would be, okay, maybe Baxter getting a 30 second commercial, okay? Maybe Ayana getting a 15 second commercial, all right? That's inequity. So then we know that fairness and balance 
is making sure that Baxter also has his 60 seconds. Maybe he even, he even goes in the middle or at the head of the line and not the end of the line when people are already leaving out, right? Um, so you have to understand that you need all three. You need all three in a workplace. You can't just have diversity, okay, without including people in, without building trust. You can't have diversity and true inclusion when people um, are not being treated fairly, when there is inequity, when there is imbalance, when we're doing the same job, but you're making 20% more than me. How is that fair? It's not. It's not. So, you know, what? people don't like this, but I encourage people to talk about their salaries in the workplace. Ask somebody. Yeah. Ask somebody. Because I tell you what, if I would have asked somebody a lot sooner than I did, you know. You have a couple more coins. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> neither here nor there, because look where I am today, you know. So, again, right. I'm thankful for that experience. Um, inequity taught me how to get my own coin. Believe that. Um, Hello. And I, and I do it in a way that is fair. Okay, and I, I hope to do it in a way that really changes people and changes their perspective. That's really what my goal is, is um, I don't just want people, you know, to hire people of color or older people or people from the LGBTQ community or, or all the differences that you can find, right? Just because they think they should do it. I want them to do it because they know in their hearts it's the right thing to do. Um, the only way you do that is by really making all of this work very personal. Yeah, and the the equity piece is, um, I would say, also part of creating that culture, that infrastructure that supports the yes. people that you bring in. So you don't see that turnover yes. where you're like, we don't we don't know what's happening. We can't keep this group or right. yeah, there's this revolving door because there's not an infrastructure. There's not really a, 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 an emphasis on the uh, equity piece yeah. of it, right? Balance, right. Yeah. yeah. But here's the other part of that though, Baxter. Um, sometimes workplaces know doggone well why people leave. That's why they don't get exit interviews. So um, people, you know, people on the inside know when it's performative, versus no, we are really pushing and really working hard. I will say if it feels easy, if people are doing this work and they're like, yeah, we're loving it, we're learning so much. And uh, I'm, I, you know, I'm scratching my head. <laughs> I'm scratching my head on it, you know, um, because this kind of work is not designed to be comfortable. Um, it is designed to challenge the way you think. Yeah. Um, and you can do that in a way that um, even through, you know, the prickly parts of it, you come out on top. You come out yeah. a better leader, no matter what your title is. You come out a better leader. Wow, that that that's absolutely right. And I, I love the fact that you're have always been willing to sort of challenge organizations, individuals to do better, to do more. To um, are you you still taking on clients? Like how? Like I know your schedule is crazy. Like um, okay. tell people how they can find you if they want to learn more um, and hire you to, you know, to, to yeah. talk to their organization or talk to, you know, individuals or any workshops and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, so they can find me at www.getmaxcoms.com or you can look me up, Ayana King on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active there. Um, a couple of things that I wanted to say, though, yes, I am very busy. I'm busy and I love being busy. Um, I have clients all over the place. And um, most recently, I finally got my um, certification as a small Black-owned 
um, woman-owned business, um, which opens amazing. federal contracts. And I am in talks right now um, with a major city, um, and I'm sure that's going to go down. So I'll be so excited to um, announce that when it actually happens. Um, but the other thing is, I love working with smaller organizations too and nonprofits um, because the thing is, is like um, organizations will hire, you know, um, a chief diversity officer. Okay. Um, I'm seeing a lot of like chief cultural officers now. Um, and so a lot of that work is being done in house, which I love. I think that's really smart. However, Here's why I still, whether you work with me or with somebody else, why I think you should work with a consultant. Number one, what people don't understand is that that position, okay, that corporate position, um, the tenure is like three years, okay? Mm. The tenure is like three years. There's a lot of turnover. And I believe that one of the reasons why is because when organizations have not done um, that foundational work, okay, um, they expect that one person to do all the heavy lifting, okay? Mm. And this is a lot of emotional work. It is hard work. Um, I take every July and every December off because I need it, because I need it, okay? Um, and so what happens is when you are doing this work internally, there is also great pressure to make sure that everybody is happy and comfortable. Yeah. Um, it's scary to make your boss mad. It's scary to piss your boss off. It's scary to piss off the CEO when you say, hey, listen, what you're doing is microaggression. Hey, um, what we see here is a lot of inequity. So the thing that I can do that a lot of folks who are working internally can't do is tell the whole truth. Mm -hmm. I can tell the whole truth. Yeah. Because guess what? I already got my contract. Yeah. I already told you that I'm going to tell the truth. Um, yes. I'm going to tell it in a way um, that is you know, um, hopefully uh, it doesn't hurt you, okay? And I mean, hurt you in a way that cripples you, it won't, okay? Yeah. Um, but I am gonna tell you in a way that you need to hear it. And, you know, I'm always professional. I will say one thing that I love is to hear feedback and to have the kinds of conversations that I'm having on a regular basis with people um, who are not from marginalized communities, um, i.e. white folks, okay? Um, I take pride in that. I take pride in, in the, in the feedback I get, because I know I'm talking to people who are having a hard time, a lot of time hearing what I have to say. Um, yeah. so that I had that impact, um, you know, I'm happy about it. Yeah. You, and, and everyone has to be involved. We can't rely on one person from an organization. Mm. We, we really need the advocacy and the buy-in top down and from the 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 white males that are probably dominating these organizations right mm -hmm. to really put themselves in the position where everyone else feels uh more free and comfortable to kind of talk through these things because it, it can't happen without it may look good on the outside but it won't yeah. it, it won't be real and it won't be sustainable right starts at the top so I don't start in the middle either you know that because we've talked about this before when organizations ask me um, if I could come in and do um, workshops or learning experiences, um, can you start with our general managers? Can you start with HR? No, I cannot. <laughs> um, they can be a part of your workshop, you know, um, but I need to start at the top because if it does not start at the top, you will never earn the respect of everybody in your downline. You just won't. Um, the other thing I think is very important 
and I think that may be different between me and some other experts, is that um, I think it's really important that you talk to a lot of different people who are doing this work, okay? So does that sometimes kick me out? It does, but I'm always going to have another door open for me. Um, I really feel strongly that um, you should learn from lots of different people. That means, um, you know, in June, when people were calling me about, you know, really in May, May and April, April, May, when people were calling me about, um, you know, Pride Month, can you do a workshop on Pride Month? Um, I could, but, you know, I'm not a part of that community. Yeah. Okay, I will help you find someone um, who is a part of that community because you should be learning from them. So don't just be checking a box and, you know, I'm going to get this one person and they can do, do it all. Um, you know, it's not my place to speak for indigenous communities. Okay, it's not my place to talk, um, you know, for folks in the LGBTQ community. Um, we should be learning from a lot of different people yeah. who are experts um, in their communities. And I encourage that. Oh, well said. Well said. She is the founder and CEO of Maximum Communications, a DEI consultant expert, again, um, with over 400 workshops. Led. You've been working, man. I've been working. Hey, I work. Yeah. Okay? yeah. But, um, but. I work hard. I rest hard. That's right. Um, Ayanna King, she's on LinkedIn all the time. You can look her up um, there, follow her, uh, try to connect with her there. And then give us the name of the, the uh, give us the website address again. It is getmaxcoms.com. That's G-E-T-M-A-X-C-O-M-M-S.com. Getmaxcoms.com. Ayanna, this has been so fun. We definitely have to do it again. I appreciate yeah. your time. Your energy is always infectious. And like you leave me like on this high for like days after we connect. So thanks again for being mm -hmm. a guest on Baxter's Buzz. And to everyone out there, um, just uh, again, appreciate all the support. Please continue to uh, share these conversations. Um, if you see some benefit in it, there's others that will see benefit in it. And also just remember that um, you are all capable you just have to remember to find your own frequency, okay? Yeah. Until next time, peace. Welcome into his brain. Welcome into his frequency. Enter at your own risk. Come be at peace with me. Ask the call where we rise and don't fall.